Hear ye, hear ye, and welcome to the Royal Geek Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things geek culture. We cover movies, TV shows, and everything else in between. I am your host, Tyler Rollison, also known as T-Roll, and on this very special podcast, I am joined by a host of people. First, we got Justin Sandoval, a.k.a. Sandy. We also have Anthony, Am- Anthony Amato, excuse me, we like to call him Shimato. And since we are doing a Mandalorian finale review, we have two special guests, two returning stars of the podcast, Zach Markham and Stephen Cummings, two buddies of our of ours. So let's start here with our two special guests. Steven, how are you doing, man? I'm doing awesome, man. How are you? I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Let me tell you, man. We have uh we've waited longer than we wanted to to do this podcast because of some holiday travels with one of our um co-hosts who I'm not going to shame on the pod, but we've had to wait a little bit longer. But I'm really glad we're making up for it by bringing. I wonder who you that on. was. I don't, yeah, I don't know which one that was. It was definitely yeah. you, Justin. Okay, just make sure. <laughs> we're gonna make up for it by bringing Steven on, but we're also bringing Zach on. Zach's returning. Zach, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Excited, ready to talk about some Star Wars. Yes, sir. We have a lot to talk about. Before we get in, Shimano, Sandy, how you feeling? Great, man. Uh, Star Wars, amazing. We love it. We love Star Wars, and so uh, we're here. We'll talk about it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely going to be fun. You know, week before Christmas, you know, everything's going to be awesome. And, you know, a little early Christmas gift, the season finale of Mandalorian. Mm, and it was such an epic finale. Such yes. an epic finale. Can we just say for a moment, thank you to Disney, <laughs> right? <laughs> they deserve it this time. For pulling this off. We've had, what, eight weeks straight on Friday night or Friday mornings of the Mandalorian dropping a new episode. Can and I- can I just say, I, I love the fact that they don't have breaks. Like, I hate no when... No commercials? Well, not, well no, not, like going on a hiatus oh, yes. for like, oh, like a couple yes. weeks. Like, I'm okay with the week-by-week week release. Just don't break it up to where 10 episodes is now over six months. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. That's a great point, man. That's good. Yeah, it's it's been an amazing journey. And if for some reason you are listening right now and you haven't watched the finale, um, in fact... Go evaluate your life first off. <laughs> Hit pause on the pod, <laughs> go to Disney Plus, finish the season, and then return to hear this epic breakdown and this epic review of the finale. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even for, for my wife, she did not watch it week to week, but she just binged it in the last few days and just finished it literally today. So lucky me, yeah. I actually got to watch the finale twice. So. Not trying to brag or nothing, but yep. how many times have you watched it, Justin? Twice. Okay. Yep. Shimano? Once. Okay. Three times. Th- three times? Three times. Steven? I was three as well. Three. Wow. Mm. So what does it say about the two guests on the pod watching it? We th- uh, we asked the right people to come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> it, either, and it, two, it can be two things, right? Either we asked the right people to come on, or maybe they should just be doing the podcast. I don't know. All right, we'll see you guys later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we get into our review, we do want to say there will be spoilers here, so please be aware of that. Again, hit pause and come back to it after you've watched Chapter, chapter 16, The Rescue. We also want to remind you to please follow us on Twitter, at Royal Geek Pod, and please subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. We are on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. So, um, you boys ready to jump in? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Let's let's hear this. What did you guys think of the pod, or excuse me, the episode? Just in general, before we get into spoilers and stuff, 
How did you enjoy the finale? Speechless. <laughs> it sounded speechless. Yes. 11 out of 10. Wow. Mm. 11 out of 10. All right. I want quick answers from yeah. Shimano and then Steven. I mean, it was just, it was, you know, phenomenal. I it was said well quick. paced. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. 15 out of 10. Oh, wow. <laughs> Steven. Best one yet by Ooh, far. Best, best episode total yes. of all 16 chapters? Yes. Okay. I like it. I like it. We're coming in hot. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. We, we you, feel free to elaborate a little more, Shimano. I'm going to come back to you because I cut you off. I mean, it, I don't know if I feel safe now. <laughs> this is a kind of safe place. I'm yes, sorry, buddy. Just I'm, only a little I'm bit. I'm really sorry. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it was. It was a great episode. You know, there's a lot of you know um, awesome action. It did a great job of moving the story along, and uh, as well as you know hitting the plot points that needed to be hit, and you know not. You know, dragging down, which Mandalorian has done a great job of that through the whole series. Yeah, I really. feel like they didn't waste any dialogue. I feel like every ounce of dialogue that they had in there helped progress the story along and move really the uh, entire episode to being like amazing and epic. So, yeah. um, great job there by the writers. I mean, to me, they came in guns blazing literally from the get go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone. I mean, they knew what the objective was and they knew what they needed to get done to reach that objective. Yeah. Steven, I like what you said. I mean, literally from the jump, they're flying through space. Slave One is chasing down um, a ship that actually has Dr. Pershing on yep. it. And, di- all right, for yeah, you two, oh yeah. you know where I'm going. Yes. I know exactly right? where you're going with this. So I don't know if you guys, Steven and Zach, I don't know if you're big fans of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is a huge, I would, I would say to the cult fan of Marvel, it's a huge <laughs> show. Maybe not to the casual Marvel fan, but it's it was a show that came out this year. And one of the pilots in this Imperial um, uh, ship was actually the actor that played Nathaniel Malik in uh, Agents of Shield, which was just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Right when I heard he, his voice, too, man, he was the same person. Yeah. He was literally the same. <laughs> that was like the easiest casting ever. And I, you hated him just the same. Yes, one hundred percent. So much the whole time, I was like, he sounds. Ju- he's talking just like Nathaniel yeah. would. And uh, funny thing is, his co-pilot was actually a Chronicom. No yep. way. Yeah. Yep. See, you will not get crazy insight like that anywhere else but the Royal Geek Podcast. <laughs> so thank you for listening. All right. Uh, All right we're over. It's done. So See you quick, later. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's the review of the, <laughs> the whole finale right. for uh, season two. Yeah. See you later, We guys. just wanted yeah. to talk about Nathaniel Malik. All right. Um, cool little scene there. They're chasing down the ship. Um, and just thoughts on the op- – uh, Stephen, you already mentioned they came in guns blazing. But just thoughts on the opening as they're, as they're chasing down uh, Dr. Pershing. Yeah, just the the space battle, just the a dog fight starting it off. You can't get any better than that, yeah, man. Slave one Especially, in action. Yeah, slave one action. I mean, we always uh, like leading up to season two. We were like, oh, we need more Boba Fett in our life, obviously, because he only got like twelve minutes of screen time in the in the <laughs> yeah. original uh, trilogy. Yeah. But now we're getting Slave One, like in these dog fights. Like, come on, man! Like, this is a Star Wars uh, fan's dream here. Yeah, and it just goes to show you how intimidating Slave One actually is, especially once they capture the Imperial cruiser and you just see Slave One. Uh, appearing over it, just so intimidating. You knew Boba Fett was in that captain's chair. Yeah, no doubt, man. It was it was an awesome start to it, and they are basically grabbing Doctor Pershing because he's probably got some good intel, and we later find out he did have some really good intel. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so we will get to that. But first, um, Mando and Boba Fett enter into a uh, into a, a bar, a cantina, uh, yes, right? Yep. And first of all. 
I'm gonna re- I'm gonna avoid saying you know two Mandalorians walk into a bar. What happens next? <laughs> um, but how cool is that? Just seeing everyone noticing yeah. two Mandalorians walk with their helmets on too, mm-hmm. walking into that bar. Uh, but basically, they go to recru- recruit uh, Bo Katan. And also, um, what's her name? So, what is her it's, name on the Casca? Uh, I believe Casca Reeves. That's right, Casca Reeves, played by um, Sasha Banks. Yes, yes. Hold on, I'm gonna have to Casca, f- played by Sasha. There we go. I am actually a decent wrestling fan, so it's cool to see Sasha on the on the screen. But anyways, they go to recruit uh, some Mandalorian help. So, what did you guys think of that whole scene in the in the cantina there? Yeah, just uh, it's it's Mandalorian using his resources. He knew that yep. the first time he met with Bo-Katan, she, her main objective was to get to Moff Gideon. Well, it just so happens that I have the coordinates to Moff Gideon, and I need a little help. And yeah. I need some help. Yeah. So all these uh, side missions that Mandalorian has been doing all season for helping people, <laughs> he's, True. He's, he's, he's pulling some favors here. And he's like, yo, I got what you need, and I need you. So. Yeah, remember that time I helped you out? Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. He's, he's uh, using his resources there and uh, lure, luring her in because he's got the details. Mm-hmm. One thing I found interesting was the missing third Mandalorian. Okay. Which, yep. which yeah. at watching the rest of the episode, I mean, I have a theory about why he wasn't there. Same. Um, yeah. We'll but get there. It, yeah. <laughs> I think we're thinking the same exact thing. <laughs> but anyway, so it, it was interesting just seeing because they had been a threesome as a group before, and now all of a sudden he wasn't there. So that was kind of interesting seeing the lack of that character show up. So I was a little bit like, huh, why, why isn't he there at first? Because, you know, you would think you'd want as many, many weapons as possible for this fight that they're going up against. But, yeah, it was definitely interesting seeing Mando go in there and kind of use, you know, his own, you know, ability to coerce people into thinking the way that he thinks, or at least, you know, being able to barter. He, he Since the very beginning of the series, he's shown an ability to barter when it, when necessary. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was Axe Woves. Is that how you pronounce his last name? I think so. You yeah. think so? Okay, Axe Woves. He was not present, and it, it, noticeably too. Like right when they jumped there, I was like, "Oh, they're just the two of them." Mm-hmm. And then later, it's like he's not there. What's that about? So we'll we'll come back to that. But um, yeah, Zach, Stephen. Uh, it was just kind of cool seeing uh, Boba Fett and the bickering going on between <laughs> Bo-Katan and, uh, yeah. and Tosca, uh, and then seeing Boba Fett fight someone that actually met his match. Like, it was like mm-hmm. they were going two and two. Especially at the end of the fight scene where both of the flamethrowers were just, like, battling like against the each other. the exact same time. Yeah, exact yeah. same time, yep. I like the being called out for being a clone. I thought that was Ooh, pretty cool. Yeah, yes. that was crazy. Dang. Yeah. He, he, said took, I, he took that personal, didn't he? I heard, yeah. Don't you mean your donor? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, man. She said, I've heard your, that voice a thousand times. Yeah. Gosh, oh, that gosh. is brutal, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. That was... <laughs> Dude, that sounds so good. Man. I love that. Watch it, princess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but uh, I was a little shocked that uh, Costco was the one. Like she went, she went hard on Boba, man. Like I was yeah. like, Boba's getting thrown around a little too easy here. I kind of yeah. feel like that was a little out of place. Am I wrong in saying that? Uh, see, that's the thing. I think it was. It felt really out of place. Like, so Costco's cool. Sasha obviously is awesome, right. but. It just felt like she's not Bo-Katan. Right, exactly. And it, it almost felt like you're making... And she even... Bo-Katan even mentioned... Or I think she even mentioned... Wow, that was a loud sound. Sorry about that. I think she even mentioned that um, Boba was kind of like a sidekick or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sidekick sequence Bo-Katan. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. That's pretty much what she said. And then like when Boba gets matched by her sidekick, it makes him feel like... A sidekick. A sidekick. Yeah. yeah. 
And is that really what we want to believe about Boba Fett? Well, it's cleared up. It's cleared up by the end of this episode how how that really is. Yeah, it's cleared up. But again, it just feels out of place. I just feel like it's Disney trying to make a statement about something. You know, like I I just feel like it's like. Boba. I mean, you got to watch out for Disney. They do have subliminal and well, uh, everybody does. Well, I mean, true, very true. But they they push it hard. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it was also partially just to build up her as the muscle. Um, you know, to build up that as idea of her being the muscle, especially with them being front, down from three people to two, and for whatever reason they decided to go from three to two. But I think they needed to establish that you know generally the leader is not the muscle, so they need someone as you know the the strength uh, next to her. She's the only one in that scene that's a professional wrestler. So yep. let's just say that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. But, yeah, so they go, you know, they, they pull out the flamethrowers. They're going head-to-head uh, -head there. And basically, Bo-Katan's like, stop. If, I think she actually made a good line. She said, if we had even, like, half of that energy or fire, we would have never lost Mandalore in the first place or something. Never lost yeah. the Empire in the first place. Yeah. Totally. I'm probably butchering that line. No, I mean, but. that was the, the paraphrase there, which, yeah. hey, it got the point across. But but think about that, though. Like, Bo-Katan's, like, she's still got that leader mentality, and she's like, listen, guys, like, the, she has that bigger picture still. Like, if this is all, uh, this is how we were from the get-go, this would have never happened. We would have never been in this. And so now she's still focused on the goal of getting Mandalore back. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. So, anyways... Um, she, she's got to talk about the, uh, you know, she was a little surprised that he had his coordinates and, and then she goes into this whole spiel about the dark saber. So now I'm the host here, but that doesn't mean I'm the biggest star Wars guy in the world. In fact, I'm not. Um, so maybe I can lean over a little bit to Steven and Zach as our, as our certified star Wars experts about this whole, um, you know, we saw it earlier in the season when she's just, she is laser focused on reobtaining the the dark saber mm -hmm. um but she is just going into this long spiel about how she's got to be the one uh to get the dark saber so what were you guys thinking about um yeah i guess just her vendetta here well she got the dark saber originally from sabine in the clone wars um and that kind of kind of threw me off how the vendetta was because later on you figure out how what the whole point of it was but she didn't get it how they said that she had to get it from the Clone Wars. So it kind of threw me off a little bit with that. It, it seems like she's trying to... Well, obviously, a bunch of people is looking at her, uh, so to speak. So she's already trying to get Mandalore back in place. So I think in order to for her to gain the respect of the other clans, she has to get the Darksaber uh, in the correct way. And I think she's looking at Moff Gideon as like that first challenge, so to speak, so to speak, because sure. he, he obtained it. So now she has to prove that she that she's the rightful ruler of Mandalore. Even if it's only to her muscle, Casca, because, you know, Mando doesn't care. Boba doesn't care. Nobody cares. Uh, nobody cares. Yeah. yeah. But like, I guess she could have been like, hey, yo, Casca, turn around real quick. Let me just grab this dark saber. But mm. I mean, I get what you're saying. It's more about, uh, I don't know, more about the prestige of it all. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I won it fair and square, and that's going to be the, the foundation to build the return of Mandalore. So yeah. it's it's uh, she's not cutting corners. She's doing it the right way. She's establishing the strength that Mandalore once had by right. um, winning it over by her strength. Um, but, I mean, obviously we'll, we'll get to that scene in a minute. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I legitimately think that the Darksaber is, the, is King Arthur's sword of the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. It is the item that, you know, 
for Mandalorians, it is the item if you possess it and you've gotten it in the, in the correct way, then you have a you have a say onto who sits on the throne of of Mandalore. Yep. So again, I'm the host here, and I'm going to go off the book off the uh, the path a little bit here. So let's just skip forward for a second. So later on the episode, again, spoilers, right? If you're listening, you've seen the whole episode. When Mando obtains it from Moff Gideon, Moff made it sound the Moff made it sound like you like that. I do. I love it. He, he made it sound like it literally only has actual power when you win it in battle. Or, but was did is that actually the case, or is he just figuratively speaking there? Does that make sense? What I'm asking? Because again, I don't really know. I'm no, it to, makes sense. Yeah, the power is derived from the taking of the weapon from another person. And it is about it's more about political or okay. like prestige power than truly you can only use it if you wield it in the sense of anyone could pick what up I'm the lightsaber and cut somebody down. He made it sound like it has like almost its own mind or soul, and it literally will not work the same unless you want it in battle. That's literally what I I've watched this twice now, and as a casual fan who has not watched Clone Wars or Rebels or nothing besides the movies. Like, that's what I gathered. Like, oh, the Darksaber literally won't work the same for Bo-Katan as it would for Mando because he won it in battle. Is It'll that right? work. It's more about respect. So it's... Yeah. It, okay, yeah. okay. It's about the look. It, 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 it really is about prestige or political power, really is what it's about. It's about you... you it, it, it's just like, you know, you've seen hundreds of times before in different series where there's an item that you possessing it by taking it from someone in battle has gives you a an edge of some sort right well it's like survival of the fittest so if you're wielding that weapon and it's showing that you're stronger than the person was before they had it yeah Hmm. and the longer that you hold on to it just proves your strength in the long run well maybe i'm just like a bad viewer Which is possible. Well, no, I can definitely see where you're coming from. They did set it up like the way he was talking. Because I mean, at first I'm like, oh yeah, like okay, cool. Like there's a, maybe some mysticism here too that we didn't yeah. we didn't know before. But then as the conversation went on with Bo-Katan interjecting here, it made it sound like no, no. It just it's the power of the prestige and the respect that comes with it. But I can definitely see that they he kind of just the way he, um, Giancarlo Esposito speaks like it, it sounds like it's yeah. larger than life already. Like, it, yes. like just every line that he said, it's it's something greater. It's something more. And I think that's really what he was doing was building that up and made it, even us as viewers feel like, OK, this is something more than what it really is. Yeah. Or maybe he it could have been partially that he was trying to, you know, hide what, what the true power that it held, which is the political power of it when he was fighting Mando, because Mando doesn't think like that. Mando doesn't think about political power. He doesn't think about that type of power. He has no affiliation. Mando does not care. Yeah, Yeah. for for this, whereas Giancarlo obviously understood that it was... The Moff? The Moff. Yeah, the Moff. The Moff understood that this item is, you know, more than just meets the eye, and it was his way of showing that maybe, you know kind of underplaying what it actually meant politically. Hmm. That's fascinating to me. And I, and maybe, again, maybe I'm just, I'm not the cat. I am a casual viewer, but I'm not the normal casual viewer. I'm like watching everything and being super like analytical and trying to figure out what's really happening. But it just seemed like the way he maybe again, uh, 
Moff Gideon just did such a good job of convincing me that it is larger than life, as you mentioned. But I, I felt misled there until hearing from you guys, the uh, the real Star Wars experts. That's that's really interesting. So, anyways, uh, let's do this. So they um, they then have a little powwow on Slave One about how they are going to get onto the Imperial cruiser, and they actually. Um, I don't know if they were trying to get Dr. Pershing's help. I still can't figure this guy out. <laughs> Can you guys figure Dr. Pershing out? He's a survivalist. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's, that's 100% how I see him. I see him as he is uh, He's a person who uh, – he is a scientist who will use any means necessary to get his research done. And if you give him money or give, give him the money to be able to complete his tasks – he will be on your side. But if his life comes into play, he will fold like a deck of cards. Like mm. he is he, he's not he's not afraid of, you know, cowering in the in the, you know, in the presence of power. Hmm. OK. So anyways, uh, Dr. Pershing gives them some pretty valuable information about uh, that. The, the information, the intel that they have is a little misguided. He lets them know, oh, yeah, there happens to be one or two or maybe about 40 uh, dark troopers on yeah. the cruiser. <laughs> so, uh, you guys, somebody tell me a little bit more about dark troopers. They're dark. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Touche. Dynamite drop in there, Zach. <laughs> That's why we bring him on, man. Uh, the, he really, really good. He that hits hard. Really with the, good, the good, man. strong details. Well, that we our yearn listeners for. are like, "Holy yeah. smokes!" Well, from <laughs> what I know, there are two basic iterations of them. There's one that is they are legitimate, like almost like troopers who were human at one point, um, and then there's also the iteration of them being robots, as they are showing. In this form, and I think that's one reason why Pershing dropped the whole "they don't need the humans anymore." Yeah, because it was kind of showing the progression of from that one type of dark trooper to the other type of dark trooper, um, from you know, you know, from the manned to unmanned uh, units, which they show up as both in the Star mm. Wars uh, okay. lore. Yeah, he even said there was the the human was the final weakness, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, reminds me of uh, what is it, Whiplash. Yeah, I was say Iron Man 2. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, let's do this. Let's talk about – I'm just going to kind of open the floor here. I want to hear y'all's thoughts on just the whole entire rescue mission. Everything from when they jump out of hyperspace until, let's say, um, when uh, Moff Gideon is a, has the Darksaber above Grogu's head. Okay. So, any thoughts you have on everything from when they jump out of hyperspace and Slave One is chasing them to when Moff Gideon is standing there with uh, Baby Yoda, also known as Grogu. <laughs> Had those backwards. But, yeah. I want to hear what you guys think. Was it just me, or did y'all want some of the more of the Dark Troopers escape? Oh, yeah. See, see was, Mando versus more than just yeah, one. just one of them yeah, got out? Yeah. That just seems interesting, huh? The whole time that was going on, I was like... Uh, I want them to get by without them getting out, but then I'm like, I really want them to get out. I want yep. to see them. Yeah, more action. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. But plus, if Mando would have taken out two of those things, like that would have pretty been pretty sick to show just how skillful Mando is. We know yeah. he's we know he's skillful. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but, th- but just to see it again as a reminder, as a season the season two finale, on how truly yeah. ba this guy is, that would have been great too. And who would have known that would have been a, remi- a reminder of how truly powerful other people in this universe are? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I really like the dogfight scene. Like once they came in and there's, you know, the 
Imperial cruiser said that they were under attack. It just shows how convincing uh, Boba Fett is because after those <laughs> TIE fighters were launched, you know, he's, you know, weaving in and out. And then once he had the good to go, uh, those turns spun around and he just took them out like they were nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will say that uh, I have enjoyed the, in the series uh, being able to see the more intricacies of Slave One. Um, like just uh, the in action, the 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 way the turret works, the the gun moving from front to back and rotating, uh, it's uh, really it really quenches my uh, childhood thirst of of more of what Boba Fett was because you always build it up in your head and like what yeah. it was like, but now yeah. you're actually seeing like even the inside when you uh, see them and they're sitting there and the, and it's like turning around them, but they're stationary. It's like kind of like a it's yeah. revolving like that stuff right there is like that. That's what gets me the detail and the the being the uh, um, unveiled and what the slave one has is truly is. So that, that I mean that was fun. That was I enjoyed seeing that. Yeah, I can't wait to get my hand on some new slave one models because they got to be coming out. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, they're going to make so yeah, much some, money. Yeah. The merch. Yeah, we're, we're freaking suckers, man. Absolutely. And this Zach's going to be first in line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. It is kind of cool to see the inside of Slave 1, though. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a downside of this scene, to be honest with you, was Boba just he pops in and he's gone. Yeah. rest uh, of the episode. Right? Really? Uh, yeah. As I have said multiple times on this pod, that Star Wars is a universe of convenience. Gosh, man. And yeah. what comes later, it's really convenient that Boba Fett was not there. Yeah. Yep. Right. So that was really, really good on the writers to get him out. But it also just felt like, okay, well, yeah, he goes into hyperspace, but then he's going to come back, right? I mean, yeah, I was on that impression. I was 100% on that impression. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, that was a bit of a bummer to see him just dip out. Um, but yeah. I also like the... Um Intro music for the Dark Troopers. Dude, I'm oh, glad you said that, yes. Steven. Yes. Wow. I'm glad dude. you said that. I, I actually had that as one of my notes because the music was dope. Yes. <laughs> yes. Do the kids the, still say that? Dope? Who knows, dude? We, we can set the trends here. <laughs> We're the Royal Geek Podcast. That's right? true. Yeah. Fair. Uh, Fair. Bringing it back. But no, like uh, when I watched the episode the first time, I watched it with headphones in and on my on my phone. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I watched it at six in the morning while I was still in bed. Right. That's how dedicated I was. However you can get the content, you're going to do it. Yeah, exactly. So I had my headphones in and when that, when the, the Dark Trooper theme played in my head, dude, like it was insane. Like through the headphones, it, it was electric, dude. It was, it was amazing. And then I watched it again later during that day on the, on the big screen TV with the sound bar. And it was even more incredible. Like yeah. it was, it, it, it hits in a different way for sure. Yeah. The music's real good, man. Music's real good. But the, the the fight scene with the dark trooper, the one single dark trooper. I want to hit on it one more time. Let's hear it. Uh, and uh, I mean, yeah, Amanda was getting his his rear thrashed, man, yeah. for the most part of it. But then the entire time, I'm like, dude, use the spear, dude. Like, what's the heck? Use the spear. Yeah, where's the yeah, spear? Where is it at? You got and pure Beskar. The first time I watched it through, um, I did not see when he lost it. But when I watched it the second time, like he gets hit the first time and it rolls on the floor. And it's in the background. You can see it. And then in, when the dark troopers throwing him further and further away, he's getting closer and closer to it. And so that anticipation built. I'm like, okay, now I now I see it. Yeah, I'll have to go look at that. Yeah, again. check it out again. And then uh, he finally gets it. Does this little cool spin move and like goes right up through the neck. So I, I did enjoy that aspect of it because originally I was like, dude, that thing's been on his back the whole time. Where did it go? And now he's getting thrown around, rolling on the floor, and it's still not on his back. What's yeah. going on? Uh, I thought it was like continuity error at first, but then watching it a second time, I appreciated the yeah he gets knocked down and it rolls away. So, no doubt, um, yeah the dark troopers man, <laughs> they seem very op mm-hmm. uh, until later of course. Right. But yeah. did y'all um, sense that him letting him out the air vac 
Because it's going to come back and bite them. Well, I, didn't, I did. Not. I didn't. Well, first off, I didn't get it. They're they're robots. Obviously, they can live out in space, like, and, and they can fly. We saw that they can fly. So I was like, yeah. what's the point of launching them out there? Like, they don't need oxygen. They. So I was like, I guess I'm just gullible. I thought yeah. they were done. <laughs> oh no, there's really yeah. no did. way. No, I thought they no, were no. Way. I was like, why? I also don't know anything about dark. Shippers. Yeah, but still, like, how is this even part of their plan? Like, to get them out of the ship? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I think he, I think he might have knew. He was just trying to buy time to get to the bridge. I mean, yeah, it's. Okay, I mean, it's fair. a lot harder for them to uh, if they're you know, ten miles away out in space as they get sucked out. Yeah. you know, than thirty inches away. Yeah, and the, and the main goal of their plan was to avoid the dark troopers mm-hmm. when they get on to the because they knew it was they, it, they were going to be a huge problem trying to get to that bridge. So just eliminating that obstacle, getting to the bridge, and then winging it from there. And yeah. see what I thought. I thought they was going to come and bite, hit the other group. Is what I was thinking was going to happen, catch them off by surprise. You're talking about the ones that were um, intruding into the bridge, like yeah. Bo Katan's people, like okay. the other half or the other. I mean, everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> there's Mando and everyone the else. The four women. The four women. <laughs> the girl power. Let's yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. Let's hear there. it, Justin. So, let's hear it. Okay, I got two ways of looking at this. Okay, so okay. one, Star Wars has always been crapped on from like the beginning of not having strong female characters. If you're looking at it through a certain lens, right? Yeah. And I feel like this was so intentional to show that there's nothing but strong female characters in the series, which I kind of appreciated it for that, for that aspect of it, like the, for building the characters. But I feel like it was so in your face, like pushed. Yeah. Very similar to Endgame, uh, Endgame Avengers. And thank you, Stephen. <laughs> yeah. You knew exactly where I was going. Just had to throw it in there. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't as forced as Endgame, but it was close. Like it, you can definitely, like that's why the other, other, uh, Mandalorian wasn't there. That was a part of the Bo-Katan's group because Max yes. was not there. Literally um, n- nowhere to be seen. Yeah, no, yeah. No, Where is this guy? Wasn't even mentioned. Maybe he did. I don't know. Who cares? I don't think he but, was. Uh, but, but no, I, I enjoyed the fact that because I liked every female character. I really did. Every every one of them, especially Fennec, man. Gosh. Yeah, the best. ming Wan, man. What can we say about that, man? But uh, yes, they were all strong, female, and cool. Great. Female empowerment. Let's uh, Let's... <laughs> Let's let's do it. Yeah, here we are, right? Five dudes on a podcast. Five yeah. men on a podcast. Uh, sounds like we're crapping on uh, female-led uh, characters, but we're really not. We're just mostly pointing out that, like, it's it's just sad that it just feels like overcompensation. Yes. At this point, okay. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Very well said. It's just overcompensation. It's mm-hmm. and in one sense, it's rightfully deserved because it's been years and years and years and decades and decades of movies and content across just Hollywood in general where there's been no or very little female representation. Yeah. But it just feels like it just feels like a bigger deal than it needs to be. Yeah. But it's but like mean, they're forcing it. If you're it. thinking about the original trilogy, I mean Leia, literally, it's like Leia. And yeah, then, there's, there's Leia and then there's I forgot her name. The 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 she shows up at the um the on the ship uh, in Return of the Jedi, I believe. Um she's like a general or an admiral. Mammothoth? Yes. There you go. Come on, Steven. Look yes. at this guy, and, man. But, but then uh, even in the new one, they're struggling to get uh, female characters as well because, like, it's Ray. But then, I mean, yeah, you have uh, Rose. R- yeah, Rose. But which <laughs> that wasn't a strong character. So, I mean, you can't. No. That that kind of hinders it and brings it a step backwards with that one. But then they have yeah. Carrie uh, Russell's character um, who's briefly in it when she's uh, in the very third one. So, uh, I mean, they don't Asthma. really do. Yeah, they don't really. Oh well, Phasma, and then she doesn't even take her helmet off, and like yeah. so, yeah, yeah, they don't do a really good job. But that these <laughs> series, both season one and season two, they have done a pretty good job of uh, yeah. of showing that support. So it's good to see. The the only downside I would say about it was like it felt like they could have like 
used more help. They could have used that <laughs> other Mandalorian. They could use Axe. They could have used Grief Karga. You know, like they could have like he mm. like if he was building his team, he could have built his team. They could have used could've... Boba. Yeah, <laughs> he, he could have used Boba. Oh, yeah, they could have sure. went. They could have went back for the frog lady. the marshal from you know the original <laughs> frog lady. The, the frog eggs. Lady. They, listen, the eggs have hatched and they've grown up and they're now they're ready like, to this battle. Military, army, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so crazy. And uh, Grogu's their uh, their reason they're fighting is because they want Grogu to <laughs> revenge on Grogu. They, so they can't good. let them kill him because they got to kill him for eating all the rest of the brothers and sisters. Oh, That's a twist right there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That sounds like a spinoff series. Hey, let's uh, let's contact Disney. <laughs> One thing I enjoyed about that whole scene was Cara Dune's gun getting jammed. Oh, and then yeah. going off. Man, that was so cool. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Dang, I mean, Ferric, dude. For what it's worth, like they pulled it off in terms of the action and the just what they were able to do. Like what I was saying about the four women, it's it's just more of like it's just notice. It's yeah. like overly noticeable. Yeah. Which is the part that I dislike about it. Like, where is Axe? Where is Boba? Right? Yeah. Dude. But for what it's worth, like, the action they pulled off. Was great. It was great. Oh, it was phenomenal. Listen, yeah. if they were going for female empowerment, they did these four strong women, right? Why not throw a fifth woman in there and do Ahsoka? Like, bring her back. Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, yeah, that would have right? been icing on the cake there. Could have used another Jedi But there. that would have been too OP because they're lightsabers, and they would have been nothing. Like, that. there you go. That's convenience. Because as you can see from uh, what happens uh, a little bit later with the lightsaber, she could have easily ran a train through these uh, dark <laughs> yeah, troopers yeah. with her lightsaber. So, dude, Jedi are the most like OP things <laughs> ever, man. Seriously, I mean, yeah. You look at like you watch some of the Clone Wars episodes, and they're just like they just literally just run through droids, like just rinse through them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so uh, anything else to say about everything that happened? So I guess I'm trying to think. Boba dips out. Mando takes care of the one dark trooper, sends the other ones into space. Uh, the ladies take the bridge. They take yeah. – um, or Which, by the way, they do like a complete massacre of the bridge. Like they literally kill oh, yeah. everybody on there and uh, assume control yeah, of it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Although you got some pretty pretty wild women up there, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're ready to they're ready to brawl, yeah. and they are very disappointed because Moff Gideon's not, not there. There, so let's talk about that. So, did was anybody surprised by that? No, not no. at all. Are you guys surprised by much of anything that happens in this show? I mean, what have you been genuinely surprised by? Uh, what we're going to talk about a little bit later. I was one hundred percent surprised about that. Okay, yeah, I was curious if you guys were surprised by that. I was, but yeah, I didn't think I didn't think y'all were going to be. But I was, and I wasn't. I didn't think they would go that way. I didn't I think thought, they were actually going to do it. Well, like, yeah. yeah, it was it was very obvious if they went that route, like very expected. Yeah. Well, we should probably hold off a little bit. Anyways, let's talk about probably the best acting of the whole episode: the scene with Moff Gideon and um, our Mando, uh, with Moff Gideon holding the dark saber over. Um, Grogu's little adorable face. <laughs> this whole scene was honestly, to me, probably one of the better scenes of the whole. It thing. was. It really was. It was so good mm-hmm. uh, because, again, you have Giancarlo Esposito who's killing it, and Pedro Pascal again with a helmet on. You could his just acting ability still is rocking it. But their whole um, interaction here was phenomenal. So um, basically, do you guys want me to run through it? I mean, l- I just love to hear y'all's thoughts on. Just everything yeah, that happened in there. Just to start things off here, um, one thing that I I I kind of liked, but I kind of didn't like here was like Pedro Pascal's Mando. His 
his desire and passion to get Grogu back, it seemed like he was so quick. He would have been so quick to turn on the rest of his team to just let Moff, the Moff go. Like He was like, you know what, here, you can have everything that you want. I'll just take Grogu and leave. Like, And uh, the Moff's like, yeah, you can have everything and just leave leave the ship to me. And, and mm, he, he was so, that, huh? Like, he was, like, well, Mando was so quick to, like, he was going to do it. Like, I really truly believe if he would have gotten Grogu, he would have just left. He would've, that would have been it. Hmm. Anyone else feel Did that way? Think that too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, I do believe, and they've built it up through throughout the series that he'll do anything for Grogu. There, there's well, what he would do for Grogu, but also his ability to just if people wouldn't mess with him, he's not going to do anything. Like the like the episode where we met Ahsoka, and out front he was with the captain, and if a captain hadn't you know drawn that second pistol, he would have let that captain just like go. Okay, you fair. Know? Like he he is more willing to let people just like See, disappear. I got the sense that Moff Gideon and Mando were gonna do the exact same thing. So what Moff Gideon does by so letting, you're saying they're playing each other? Is yes, I was under the impression that he's gonna get Grogu, but he's not gonna leave the ship immediately. I was I was well, fully under that. Impression. I, I was under the impression that Mando was gonna get Grogu and he would he would leave the ship fine. I was de- would definitely didn't believe the Moff was gonna let that happen. Yeah, I, I knew <laughs> yeah. for a fact that that was that one happen. was obvious. Yeah, huh? no, that one was very obvious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he what did he say? What did the Moff say? He said, "Oh, oh, uh, I'm again. I'm a butcher." But he's like. Go ahead and assume that I know everything, yeah. right? Like, what is that line he said? It was so good. Yes. Of course, it's not good enough for me to write down. But when he said that, I was like, that, he is just a G, bro. Oh, yeah, and then he yeah. throws out everything that he knows. Like, you yeah. used your last salvo. Like In your wrist. Yeah, yeah, that's gone. Yeah. Um, you took down that uh, the one dark trooper, and look how hard of a struggle that was for you. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Gosh, yeah. man, he's, he's such a good actor, man. I love His him. acting was killer. I mean... He was very, very convincing. I knew that you wouldn't just let him go, but he was still very, very convincing that he was going to let him go. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, he definitely does a he has a way with words that makes you believe them for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I still was again. I don't know much of the lore of the the dark saber aside from the fact that it looks cool, right? So I don't necessarily understand everything he's doing, but in, in some sense, he's like, I'm going to try to kill this Mandalorian. If I do, great. If I don't. Well, that means that Bo Katan did not defeat me. <laughs> like that did anyone else pick that up? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I now I will admit I didn't know that until he got to the bridge and explained everything, but if did anyone else know that beforehand? Like again, I'm a casual viewer, so some of you guys with the deeper knowledge might have been picking up on that sooner, but um, I kind of got it whenever Bo Katan made it to the bridge with him not being there, that that was kind of his alternative motive to make where he yeah. wouldn't lose it. To Bogotan, he's playing chess, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did seem very easily uh, how how easy it was for him to be defeated. Like the dark was knocked out of his hand in a matter of minutes. So the question is, was he even trying whenever he was fighting the Mandalorian, mm. or if he allowed him to mm. defeat him and claim the dark I was wondering that. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think he was always trying, but I think he may have known that he was whatever was happening. He was outmatched, so he always had that like. He had a fallback where at a point he knew that he was he had another plan that would go into action if he were to be disarmed or defeated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did think that the fight between Mando and the Moff was way too short. And very short. Yeah, I, I didn't. I feel like there. 
um, abilities were significantly off. Like Mando was obviously clearly better, but uh, you would love to th- see or think that somebody who, who was able to wield the dark saber has a little bit more oomph to their fighting and could go a little bit longer toe to toe with the Mandalorian. But uh, nonetheless, Mando wins, claims the dark saber, and he brings him to the bridge. Yeah. To be fair, you haven't seen Moff Gideon just you. You saw him use the dark saber to escape his destroyed ship. Yeah. And That's is it. that it? That's it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm looking for is like a Kylo Ren like destroying this like terminal with his <laughs> lightsaber and anger. Like I want to see some like what what can this dark saber do? Yeah, but like you know what I'm saying? He's so like intimidating that you just have the sense that he's like he knows everything. Yeah, but yeah. he's also got a lot of wrinkles and he's old. Yeah. True, true. He is he's a, he is a intimidating leader in the sense of like a modern general type of intimidating as in he moves people he he's tactically sound but he's not like you know what we think of when we think of the warrior general he is the thinker you know so cerebral yes he's cerebral he moves pieces around him to he he's i mean he's he's lex Luthor is what he is in the sense that he moves people around him to gain control and politically be powerful although he is not necessarily physically powerful fair enough kind of makes you wonder how he um got the dark saber from the get-go yeah especially if you have to win it in battle mm-hmm. i just don't see that old man beating bo-katan like i just don't yeah that's true i mean i could totally see him just like you know taking it like literally, it just somebody else <laughs> defeated them, right. and then and it, he yeah. handed it, and then it was handed it to him. Basically, the situation that Bo-Katan refused to right. use right there. But then right. that would contradict everything he said about it in the first place about for uh, him for well or for her. Excuse me, but well for her, like him when he's talking to her about the power that it wields, like he, the way he was saying that, it means like he kind of believes it himself. I don't know. That's what I got out from him. Well, okay. So, but I believe the way that he sees it is th- literally the pers- possession of it. Yes, is okay. the power for him and what it. He doesn't care how he got it. Yes. Okay. But he understands enough about it to when he has it, it means something, and what people will do to take it from him, and what that means to other people. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, based off what you guys said earlier, when we had that discussion about it earlier, I'm I. I'm basically thinking that too. Like for him, it doesn't matter how he obtained it, but he's just trying to get any edge he can over Bo-Katan is what I'm sensing. You know, I don't, I don't even think he cares that it was a, you know, a dark saver. Like that literally could have been a (laughs) A stick. Yeah, literally it could have been a stick, but with the power that it weld wielded for whatever it meant for whatever culture for the Mandalorian culture or whatever, that's what mattered to him. It is literally just about what it represents. Like, yeah, it's a trophy. It, 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 yes, it literally was a trophy for him. He could, I mean, it looks cool, yeah, but to him, I really think that it wouldn't have mattered what it was. It was about what it represented. It does look cool. I will admit, it looks yes. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and then we see uh, Mando just uh, carrying it as he brings the Moff to the bridge. Yeah. Which yeah. Mando, look, it looked good on Mando. So Mando's got Moff in his left hand, his... <laughs> Pure Beskar spear strapped to his back, the dark saber in his right hand. They walk into the bridge, and you could just see in Bo-Katan's face, like, 
uh, hold up. Uh, what is you doing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, things <laughs> like, took a turn there with her, the way yeah, she was acting. I thought yeah. we were about to get some... I really did think that he was going to win in that moment. That um, uh, Moff... The, excuse me. The Moff was going to win in that moment. Like, that they were actually going to have to spar right there. And even Mando was going to be like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? Like, I, I really saw that coming. Because, again, I didn't see the Dark Sabers coming. Or, Dark Sabers. I didn't see the Dark Troopers coming. And I also didn't see the... Uh, the other thing. The other thing coming <laughs> either. Can we uh, just get there now? No. Uh, is there anything to, before we get there, is there anything to say about, uh, we've talked at length already about the Darksaber and Bo-Katan and all that. Is there anything else we need to say about just the the sequences in the bridge before we get into the arrival? You had another Father, Mo- Father Mando moment throwing himself in front of uh, Grogu. Right, uh, that yeah. was that. Yes, yeah, that also looked a little weird because Mando got shot by one of those blasters when Mando was still standing. If you watch it again, think about it. Grogu is like you know what two feet off the ground at most, mm. and Mando got shot with one of those blasters while he was still standing, which <laughs> means that Moff Gideon has like a terrible shot. Like, well, I think he aimed for him first while he was standing, and then he just dove, and then. All right. I don't know. <laughs> I, I Let's don't know. talk about what everyone wants to talk about now that we are like more than 40 minutes into this pod. Uh, yeah. So basically, an X-Wing. Well, shows... Dark Troopers okay, that's come back. Right. The Dark Troopers come back. They're about to make their like entrance into uh, the bridge. The bridge. But they're all over the ship. Like, Yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah. Um, more and... that intro music. Yes, that yeah. intro music. More music. Oh, they're just punching mm. the crap out of the blast doors. Which we saw them punching the crap out of Mando's face earlier. Yeah. We didn't mention that, but we dude, did not he is mention that. getting yeah. thrashed. But the helmet is made of Beskar, so he's Come good. on, baby. He's Beskar. Yeah. I want some Beskar, Yeah, man. we need some in our life. I know. We really do. Uh, but they're they're about to get into the bridge, and then all of a sudden you hear like the alarm buzzing because there's a ship approaching, and it's an X-Wing. Yeah. And uh, I think it was Casca. Somebody says, uh, you know, identify yourself, and they get nothing. Yeah. And Cara Dune even says... Great. One, one, lo- X-Wing. Yeah. <laughs> one X-Wing. We're saved. Yeah. <laughs> That's so great. And Did then, any of y'all sense what happened after with that? When I, well, when I saw the X-Wing, I was, I mean, granted, I was like, no way. This can't be Luke. I thought it was like too easy, kind of. Yeah, I was like, yeah. really? Come on. No way. I mean, uh, I mean, I 100% thought it was going to be a Jedi. Yes. Yes. And okay, so we all think it's co- a Jedi. Well, yeah. But I was thinking... I mean, I, my first thought did go to Luke, but I was also like, like you were saying, Justin, like, I didn't think they were going to go that big. Yeah. No, like, no. <laughs> it'd be like if Iron Man showed up in Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's like, <laughs> like, you right, would have been exactly. like, okay, well, that's awesome. And they clearly showed this happening, but I did not think they were going to go there. No, no, not at all. But then, like... Then there's the buildup, like, because, I mean, yes, you saw the X-Wing, right? But yeah. then uh, the security footage that they're watching is black and white, conveniently, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, hooded figure coming down the hallways, doing some sick Jedi moves, that could obviously. Be, that could be Ahsoka Tano. That could be, it could be any It Jedi, could literally be right? anybody. And it was the, I mean, oh, and the whole entire time that this is happening, like, Grogu's, like, perking up. He's like, whoa, Ooh. I sense something. Like, whoa, yeah. that is, that's right. strong. Which like, takes what? you back to two episodes prior when he was at the Seeing Rock. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he was yeah when he was reaching out and uh, just 
he had the same type of vibes, even so much where like it calls him to the monitor to where he can see the figure and he like touches the screen. And then that's when it makes the transition to color and you see the hooded figure and the color of the lightsaber. Ooh, yep. yep. Let's talk about the color yeah. of that lightsaber. And that was pretty much the, the seal. Like, and the glove. Yeah. Oh, for, yeah, the glove holder. The, yeah. the glove yeah. gave it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. even with the color, I was, again, casual viewer mm-hmm. here, I'm like, I don't know nothing about mm-hmm. Ezra. <laughs> Right, I don't know nothing about this. Uh, the yeah. guy from the video game, like maybe they have a green lightsaber. But when I saw that glove, I was mm-hmm. like, mm, "Yeah, that's awfully." When it, when it was black and white, I was looking at like hands. I was like, "Okay, let me see the hands. Like, do you see skin or do you see a glove?" <laughs> Which I did see a glove in the in the black and white monitor. But I'm like, uh, "Maybe okay. Are they really going to do this?" And then boom, green. I was like, "And if I you look, whenever one of the scenes, you can actually see the hilt of the lightsaber." And you can see that it's clearly Luke's. Mm. Oh, dang. Mm. What kind of what kind of bugs me about this scene? I mean, the action was great, but in like a New Hope, like Luke is in white, and Empire Strikes Back, he's in gray, and then Return of the Jedi, he's in all black, which is to show that he can turn. He has that ability to turn to the dark side, mm-hmm. but it's because of the love of his father that he brought him back. And then at the end of the Battle of Endor, he you see the gray again. So why is he still dressed in all black if he's if he's a Jedi? Because it looks amazing. It does look amazing, <laughs> but it's not their their you, their way. Shopping at Hot Topic, man. I don't yeah. see what the deal is. <laughs> but if you read some of the, which is now Legend, I believe, he does kind of tilt, tilt towards the dark side in some of those books. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. So it could be kind of introducing that, maybe. I genuinely wouldn't know much about that. But... To me, I was like, oh, it just looks good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it looks sleek. It looked good. Uh, but he's, like, crushing these dark troopers the whole Holy entire way. Smokes. Oh, yes. Yeah, making so a beeline for this bridge. We got some good yeah. action here, man. There was some great action, uh, high-quality action. That, it it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of seeing Darth Vader in Rogue One, where it's, like, uh, 100%, yes, 100% got the same vibe. Like, yeah. father, like, son. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I've seen a lot of comparisons when, he open, when, he, when the door opens. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Just going in. Mm. Yeah. But, so he's uh, just destroying them. Yeah, everybody. And then uh, it was it was a nice little touch for the the crushing of the final uh, one. Oh, oh, that signature Vader yeah. force choke. Yeah. Oh, so good, man. Which Grogu is a big fan of force chokes too. By the way, he's done a few. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, actually, uh, good point. <laughs> good shout. Maybe that was the connection. That kind of shows <laughs> the way he's leaning. Right. That's the way that Grogu's leaning. Hey, I yeah. thought about going with one of those good Jedi, but since we both force choke people, what do you think about you saving me, Luke? <laughs> <laughs> no. So, yeah. I don't know, and I guess, you know, he gets to the blast doors, they open it up for him, he comes in, he turns his lightsaber off, he unveils his face, yeah. and it was pretty darn good. I mean... It was good. When he was talking, it was a little weird, you could tell it was CGI, yeah, but it still looked pretty freaking good in my opinion. It, I felt like it was good for the end of Return of the Jedi. But the, the the timeline here is, seems like it's going to be a little bit off because Return of, or Mandalorian is now taking place what six years after, after Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. So, which means, I mean, you're going to have to get more into depth with it. But with Grogu, I mean, I'm assuming he's going to be in that little Jedi camp that Luke starts. Which during that time, Luke's very old, and according to the timeline, that's only a few years into the future. Okay, well, between okay, here we go. Here we go. All right, so buckle up. Yeah, you did. Buckle so up. way to go, Zach. Yeah, you did. So between Return of the Jedi number six and the Force Awakens, yeah, here. please do. Yeah, Return Force Awakens uh, episode seven. Okay, 
it stated that 30 years passes by, okay? Mm-hmm. Mandalorian takes place six years after, okay? So that still leaves... That's at least 24 years for Luke to age. Yes, okay, I see what you're saying. He was a little younger in the, the CGI face, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Jedi's maybe age well. I don't know. But, like, the, the 24 years can do a whole lot, especially if you're taking on that master role, the amount of stress, the amount of, like, you're the guy in charge of forming these younglings, these new younglings that you're going to take and train. And so in the within these 24 years, which... Uh, is only uh, like very minuscule in uh, Yoda's species years because he's yeah. currently fifty and looks like a, a brand new baby, right? So, yes, baby Grogu was definitely a part of the camp, but like that twenty-four year span, like how old was Ben Solo um, in the Force Awakens? Like, did, is that is that specified? Is he in his twenties and is is he eighteen? Because if that's the case, then Grogu's got a couple years in the camp still before Ben Solo is even at uh, the age. Because, I mean, he, I believe he goes... Ben Solo goes to that camp when he's, like, 13 or or 12 or something. And I don't know how long that happens um, to when he's introduced as Kylo Ren. So you see what I'm saying? I would say Luke's probably 30 in this scene. Close to it, I think. Yeah, I was and thinking, like, late 20s. Late 20s or maybe 30. Yeah, so... And then I was thinking... With Kylo, I think he's in his twenties. I I would say, if I had to guess. Hmm. hmm. Okay. So I mean, the, the the math could add up as far as his aging wise, because the the flashback scene we see in um, Episode Eight, um, when it shows Luke Skywalker hovering over, getting ready to like uh, to to kill Ben. Um, he is he doesn't have as much gray. He's his brown hair still. So I mean, like, there's still there's still that. That continuity of younger, but mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. We're talking about timeline here yeah, in Star Wars. There, it's gonna and, be and was it's gonna be Force, a little bit more. That was in the Force Awakens when we see those clip, clips, right? No, the clips are no. in Episode Eight. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. But even then, do you think they? I wonder if they even really knew what they were going to be doing with the Mandalorian. Even yeah, then. that's true. I really uh, wonder. That. I don't think they did, but I think they're doing their best right now to piece it together yeah. and make it look uh, to fit for sure. Um, which I guess. It was actually announced today that they're going to do a Luke Skywalker series on Disney Plus. So there's time to build that in. <laughs> what yeah. was it announced? I heard, I saw rumors. I didn't know it was announced. Uh, so from what I saw, it, it said Disney Plus announced. It's like series number seventeen, I think. For <laughs> gosh, there's so but, much stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be more coming from this, which I don't know if Mark Hamill de aging is the best option to go. I think they might yeah. just need to do a. Another actor. I, Another Seba- actor. Little Sebastian yeah. Stan. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was good for like a single scene, but that is not going to be any good for an entire series. Unless you just, I mean, it's a video game at that point, which The Mandalorian has pretty much been a video game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, in terms of plot. But then we we see Luke say, Grogu, come with me. Yeah. So let's, okay, so let's finish this up by yeah. talking about, I mean, there is one big mega moment that still happens. Grogu is being. I don't want to say Lord. That's not the right word. Invited by Luke. Yeah. But he also looks, but he looks up to Mando and Mando says, you don't, he doesn't want to go. Luke says he's, he wants your permission. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Right. So he picks him up and, uh, he, he's holding Grogu and he's trying to say it's time to go, buddy. And Grogu touches his mask. And then for the first time, Mando takes his mask off to, show his face to Grogu. 
So first time, first time. Now he had taken his mask off before a couple different times in the series for different reasons, but n- not not of this magnitude. He has not shown his face even to Grogu, to Baby Yoda. Right? Mm-hmm. How did that strike you guys? Well, I think it was going back to what Justin said earlier. Like he, uh, yes, he is Mandalorian, but right now his only purpose is his relationship with Grogu and the safety of Grogu. So I think after everything that they've been through, he was putting aside whatever upbringing he had to keep that to end that connection on a good note. And he even mentioned like he'll see you again, or I'll see you again. So it's not the end of of Grogu. I mean, he's he is going to leave the series for a while, but um, it's just that father and son moment for me. Yeah, it was really powerful, right? Yeah. It was, very much so. yeah, very touching. Um, it seemed very touching. Yeah, funny thing is that uh, like that that scene where he's holding Grogu, uh, my uh, three and a half year old daughter came in on that scene, and so it's like very focused on Grogu's face. And the very first thing she says when she sees uh, Grogu is, "Aww,", Aww. and I'm yeah. like. And she's like, is that a baby? I'm like, shh, I'm watching this child. Step out of the room, <laughs> so please. you shunned your daughter. No, no, <laughs> I invited her over, and I introduced you to some Star Wars. So, yeah. yeah. Attaboy. So, it actually kind of reminded me, it was like his transformation into a father. Like, his final transformation. It reminded me a lot of the scene at the end of Return of the Jedi, where Luke finally r- removes uh, his helmet and... Vader becomes Anakin again and mm. he has this moment with his father and I felt like that's kind of what Grogu was having there was this moment with his father especially since it was you know it was the Mandalorian re- relinquishing his like everything else that he had every every time he had re- he taken off his helmet it was out of necessity for whatever need but this was literally his son asking him to take off his helmet for him because with his little hand, he was just like giving him that little motion, and he did it without hesitation to to give that moment for his son. Yeah, he really did. No hesitation at all. For really, <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah, man. it was a touching moment. Grogu <laughs> goes with good. Luke. They get to the elevator. Door closes. Boom. Credits yeah. hit. Credits hit. Yep. And that's it. That's all we have to talk about. So that's it. Um, yeah. There was more actually, uh, which I didn't even know <laughs> which about. You didn't. Know. I did not. <laughs> I I'm lucky enough to have texted the two of you and say, "Wow, that was awesome." And then Shimada responds, "Yeah, what did you think of that post credit scene?" As the credits <laughs> are rolling, I'm like, "I think it's really good." <laughs> so I kept I kept the uh, the video going. I kept the stream going, and. Um, yeah, we get a little post-credit scene too. Let's talk about that a little bit before we wrap up. Yep, dude. Uh, when they show the the environment where they're at, I'm like, oh shoot, man, this is Jabba's palace here, yes. man. Like, yep. What, yep. I said, what we're what we're going on here is Jabba going to be the next villain or like somebody in Jabba's camp because obviously he's dead. But uh, is he yep. going to be the next villain in uh, the series or whatever? And then you see you hear the gunshots coming down the steps and all these familiar faces yeah. that are uh, getting shot. Destroyed, and, it, and it's freaking Fennec, dude. I'm like, yeah. yo, let's go, Ming Na Wen, let's go. Uh, so that was pretty exciting to see. And then uh, obviously Boba coming up the rear. Yeah, dude, he's got a sweet oh. bodyguard now, man. They've yeah. they've got a good little thing cooking right here yeah. with Boba and Fennec. Yeah, there's a little bit of dialogue here. I did not expect it to go this long. We're oh, gonna get them? a whole. Oh yeah, we're getting a whole yeah. series, right? Or do we know anything about the length of this series or? 
Uh, I think just the release date, December 21st. Now, one of the most interesting theories that I've heard is that this may actually be the third season of The Mandalorian. I heard today that it's not. I've heard it's not. Okay. I've heard that it's not. I've heard that. uh, I've seen theories about it, but I've heard that I think season three of Mando is supposed to come on Christmas, Mm -hmm. around Christmas, and this is supposed to be in December, which makes me think this is probably only going to be like. Unless they're going to have two things running at once. Well, when did Mando start this time? It was like no- November, right? Wasn't it November? Uh, the end of October. Was it October? Oh, yeah, yeah. October, it was October 30th. 31st. Okay, 30th. so, yeah. So, Mando does that, and then the December 21st is when Boba Fett's supposed to start. Oh, it is the 21st? Yeah. Okay. So, Boba Fett will start then. So, it'll be a, a gap transfer over of power from Mandalorian to the new series of Boba Fett. So, From what I was hearing, that John Farber was saying that it's going to be... The Boba Fett series first, and then because oh. they're they're filming that now, okay, and then they're going to start filming Mandalorian after they're done uh, filming Boba Fett, hmm. and that could push it back to twenty twenty two. From what I heard today, and uh, that would suck. What? Uh, the, I mean, they're probably making room for all that Marvel content that they had to push back. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's 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 yeah. a good point too. We're getting like four years worth of Marvel content in like half a year. So, <laughs> so when uh, Boba shoots the homeboy on the on the throne, yeah. and he climbs up there, and the music's playing. Yeah, new music playing. He throws that guy down and sits down. What did you guys think when Fennec comes up and like Just does the coolest pose? And grabs sits the drink. Oh yeah, rifle uh, leaning to the side, and she t- takes a swig, and Boba just yeah. sitting there on his throne. What do you guys think about that? I want to really I, what, what tell me. I'm thinking the environment's about to change because, like, once they went into the palace, like, the, it's a total buzzkill. Like, things did not like they don't have a rancor. There's no music. <laughs> well, there could have been one, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, he's dead. Yeah, it's obviously. Dead. But, but I, I think there's going to be a change uh, of environments with uh, Boba being the new leader of the the crime syndicate family. Hmm. I mean, I thought that was possible. To tell you the truth, I was kind of hoping maybe he would ask where is Han. Oh man! I was just thinking, like, to me, I was like, "Why does Boba want to sit in that chair? (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) Like, kill him, move on? But like, why does he want to get into this business? That that was my thoughts. I was like, all right, yeah. After what he's done so far, like from what we've seen, yeah. What's the point in it? Right. What is what? What gain is there? He's got unfinished business, man. I guess so. I guess so. More. Why now? But why now? I mean, I guess he has an armor back, but. He's got, well, well, he's got Fennec. <laughs> go ahead, Steven. Well, oh, you go ahead. Sorry. So I was kind of wondering about, I can't think of the dude's name that he actually shot. I thought he died whenever Jabba died, whenever the ship blown up. I, mean, I guess no. I guess not. I, I, mean, got, I mean, obviously. So I'm just curious how he survived. He's dead now. That was my first thought. And then I'm kind of seeing it as, I think Boba's going to go back towards being a true bounty hunter kind of deal and running his crime syndicate. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be fun to see, though, for sure. Uh, another thought I had was the – once again, we're we're terrible here on the Royal Geek Podcast with names. Of course. But, uh, we're the best. The, the guy he killed in the chair, which – Yeah, the it, weird little guy. It, it eludes me. He didn't look like that in Return of the Jedi. He was a, a lot smaller. Sh- a chunkier now. And so a, th- a thought came into my mind. is like, is this what Jabba looked like before? And then he, <laughs> uh, he got bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, <laughs> that's a thought. And what does that mean for Boba? Yeah. Right? Does that mean you sit in that chair, you just get fatter? I guess so, man. <laughs> Fat with power. There Maybe you go. So, so uh, it's been my life. Right? But yeah, no. But overall, I think it's pretty cool. We're going to get the Fennec. Book We're going to get Boba Fett. The Book of Boba Fett. Do we know anything about, is that an actual book? Like, am I crazy and 
Or is that like a... I mean, I think they're just playing on the whole fact that the every episode has been set up as a chapter okay, so yeah. far, The Mandalorian, and then they're just, you know, releasing the new set. So this is like a different well, book, they, they need to stop that. I don't like reading. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, I think they made a book. I don't know if it was a book or a comic about how Boba escaped the Sarlacc pit. I don't know if that they okay. still use that as canon. Yeah, uh, I think you've mentioned that before. Yeah, it was it was Bosk, that lizard bounty hunter. He, they, he had a brief scene. I think at Empire Strikes Back. I can't remember which scene it was, but uh, basically he rescued Boba. Boba was there. And then I guess Boss tried to eat him. And yeah, I, I didn't read the book. I just know that was the situation of how he was saved out of the Sarlacc pit. I'm curious if they'll go do a flashback scene on how he actually escaped. I yeah. feel like they will. I feel like they. I think they have the tools to do it now with their own series where they can focus on it. So why not? Yeah, right? yeah that and how did he lose his armor in the first place? Yeah, for and sure. And why didn't he not just go grab it from him? Because he could easily take her from Is Cop it Bay. true that he had a real reawakening, right? <laughs> Boba's different now. He's good, you know? Yeah. Did he? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll right? see. Yeah. We'll have a whole series. Here, let's do this. We really have to wrap it up because we've been going for over an hour now. Congrats if you're still somehow listening. But thank you. Um, let's do a little bit of speculation. Just a little bit. And the reason I want to ask this is I genuinely have no clue. What's next? If if the Mandalorian season three, so Stephen, you said it's confirmed that it is its own thing. It's not the book of Boba Fett. Correct. So, what is it going to be about? Like, you guys, have any thoughts? Hmm. I mean, does uh, you know, does uh, what's his face, um, Moff, th- does the Moff escape, and now he is causing havoc again? Like, it seems like. I mean. To me, it's like if Baby Yoda is in Luke's care, he's so, good. You so what I mean? heard and what I read, um, I mean, it's nothing confirmed, but what I was, uh, what I read was that the Disney Plus series so far with Star Wars are going to kind of take a little bit of uh, from the CW. And, you know, like CW, they crossed over between Arrow, Flash, and all the other shows on CW, yeah. Tomorrow, um, Legend of Tomorrow, that that's going to happen in the Disney Plus shows. So Mandalorian Season 3 will have a crossover episode with Boba Fett. And some other episode, a series along the way, like along in the future. So, oh, well, that um, sounds fun. If that's the case, then it's going to be another. We can expect the same from Mandalorian season three with um, adventure episodes. Every episode is going to be an adventure, but video game episodes. But, but yeah, video game episodes. But what is the overall purpose? What what will Mandalorian's yeah. purpose be? Well, I think he's going to get back to his roots. And he's going to get back to his bounty hunting and sticking to that. And then there's going to be somewhere along the line, there's going to be something that's going to require him to dig deep into his morality. And he's going to have to choose to break his code again. Or maybe he's re- relearning his code. Take the helmet off. <laughs> well, he's got the Darksaber. He's the rightful ruler of Mandalore, right? So what, do you think Bo-Katan and him yeah. are going to go on a... Uh, well, she does kind of recruit him at the end, yeah. doesn't she? Like In the middle of it. Yeah. I, I, that's what I was kind of thinking, that it's going to huh. be kind of about them going and taking over Mandalore again, maybe. Yeah. Um, also could see it as, you know, Bo-Katan going after the Darksaber, maybe the battle between them mm. two. Mm. What if uh, the bad guy in Season 3 is actually Darth Maul? Jeez, okay. Did they bring him back again? I mean... Again, again. Why not, right? <laughs> they could pull it off. It's I live mean, action, right? It's you know, it's, I mean, Darth Maul would be phenomenal. Yeah. Like, he is such an awesome character. Yeah. Especially, like... You know, in twenty twenty one or whatever, twenty twenty two, like yeah, it'd be nice. I definitely don't think we're done with Moff Gideon. He's um, uh, Espinito said that he's definitely going to be in next season for, sh- for sure. 
Um, which I'll take that. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I'm really yeah. hoping they elaborate more on Grogu's blood. I mean, obviously they said it was mentioned for oh, the Dark Troopers and nice. stuff like that, but I, I'm thinking that they're going to tie it into a way with with Snoke and Palpatine using him as a pawn and tying it into to that final uh, trilogy. That's good. That, that'd be, yeah, that'd be nice to get some answers. Yeah, they can use season three to kind of help like bolster some season uh, the the new sequel trilogy um, plot holes potentially. Yeah. So that'd be, that'd be pretty. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool to see. But uh, tons of Star Wars content coming out. A ton of shows. Um, I think we're in the right era right, right now. Like we're going to be getting a lot of good content with Star Wars. Yeah, man. We sure are. We sure are. Okay. Any last words before we get out of here, boys? I think it's time to cut this short so we can all get to bed. Good call. Good call. Good call. Yeah. All right. Yep. Star Wars, we love you. Mandalorian, we love you. Grogu, mm. we love you, buddy. Don't don't die in the <laughs> Ben Solo rage fest. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, all right. So, all that being said, thank you again for listening. We want to remind you to please follow us on Twitter at Royal Geek Pod and to please subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. We'd also love if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review. That would be amazing. I want to say thank you again for joining us for all of these episode reviews um, on The Mandalorian. This has been amazing. We've enjoyed doing it every single week. And whenever Season 3 rolls around, we will do it again. So for our special guests, Zach and Steven, and for my friends also, Shimato and Sandy, this is T-Roll saying thank you so much for listening to the Royal Geek Podcast. We will see you next time, you peasants. Peasants.